So if you brought your Bibles, you'll need them today because there's no slides. So we're going to be in a letter of the Bible called First Peter. So it's towards the back. It's after Hebrews, I believe. Um, and we'll be in chapter one. So yeah, it's after Hebrews, after James. And it's before First John. So the letter of First Peter. And yeah, we'll be in, we'll be in chapter one. Um, so I'm thankful you guys are all here this morning. Um, you might not be aware of this, but you chose to be here. Like you, you made a choice. You might not thought much about it, but you did. Um, because there's a lot of other things you could be doing this morning. So, you know, I'm thankful you're here. And another reason I'm thankful for you're here is um, because it's a demonstration of God's mercy and his grace. The very fact you have breath in your lungs right now is because of his mighty hand. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful I'm here. Um, and, and, you know, we, we can be thankful to God that, that we all have gathered today. And um, so, yeah, my plan this morning is um, we're going to read the Word of God, and I'm going to try to expound upon it, maybe teach you something with his wisdom and power. And um, to do that, though, uh, we should go in prayer again. And um, so if you'll pray with me, I'll pray over, pray over you guys. Um, Father, I... Yes, God, I, I thank you. I recognize um, that you, uh, you are with us this morning, and, and I'm thankful for that. And God, I also know that we come to these gatherings after a long week uh, with many, much activity, um, sometimes trials and heartaches. Um, we can be tired and worn down. We can, we can be burdened by grief. And God, that get, that's a distraction. Um, anxiety and uh, fear and so God I pray for pray for us that you would uh, right now just as people are thinking and, and praying would you just take their burdens their anxieties take them take them upon you Jesus and, and give them your peace wash them with 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 your peace um, prepare their hearts and their minds so that they can they can learn and listen with with fresh ears with fresh hearts longing for some of your goodness longing for some of your, your truth, longing for, for more of you, God, and your peace, what you have to offer them. Um, so just, just put some excitement in their heart as they, as they prepare to, to learn from you this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that's imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you've had to struggle in various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You love him, though you have not seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And if you jump with me to verse 18 and 19. 
For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from the fathers, from in, the empty way of life inherited from the fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. So, something that struck me as, as I was reading this um, is, is the question of what, what do we value? We spend, we spend our time and our lives um, in different pursuits, and oftentimes, you know, we take into account priorities, and these things are dictated a lot by what we value, what we, what we say is worth pursuing, what we say is worth doing, and, um, and we'll follow after these things. And so, one of the most easiest things that we can say that, that we value can be money, right? Um, it makes sense. Money gives you purchasing power to buy things that you can use for life and to help, help out with life, meet your needs like food and shelter and even in comfort and pleasures and stuff. I was thinking this morning, um, I was making eggs and I was really thankful that I could turn a, a knob and have fire in my kitchen to cook right away. Like, this is amazing. Like, who would not want this, right? If you had an option between preparing a fire on the ground with, with sticks and matches every single day to make eggs or just, just an oven, you'd want that oven. And so God, through yeah, time, he's, he's, he's blessed us with a lot of resources and money and, and you know, the means to buy things, even as an oven with a stove. And um, so, so this is, these are good things. Um, but there, there can be a problem with our affections and desires. We can either overvalue stuff or we can undervalue it. And so if I offered you $100, what would you be willing to give for that, to receive that? What if it was $1,000? Would you be willing to give a little bit more maybe of your time or energy or maybe trade one of your possessions you currently have to, to receive that? $1,000. Okay, what about... $10,000. It's a little bit more. It sound, sounds more nice, right? Um, $100,000. That's, that's, that's more. $100,000. 10 times more. So I would be willing to bet that you would be okay giving a year's worth of your life to receive $100,000. I, I can say this because I know I would. Um, if someone offered me a job and they said, I will give you $100,000 a year salary. I'm like, okay, let's do it, right? Considering, you know, you gotta take into account some other things, like I want vacation and I, 40 hours a week, not, not, not overtime all the time, and um, you know, it's not too stressful. And if you're gonna offer me that, oh yeah, I, please, $100,000 I will gladly give you a year of my life. This is a good deal, so $100,000 is, is good, but I think there's greater things. And, and, and I know that because I look to the Word of God and I, and I read it. And um, an example, example where you can, um, you can overvalue something is, uh, say you go to buy a used car. And sometimes that can be a large investment, especially for college students. We don't always have a lot of money. Um, so if you're gonna buy a used car and the car salesman says, hey, this is a good car. You're, you're gonna like this, it's gonna do what you want. Um, you buy it, you drive it for a week, and guess what happens? It, it breaks down on you. It, you're stuck with a pile of junk. It's, it's a lemon, and you can't get out of it. So what, what led to this? 
most likely you were deceived. That car salesman, he, he lied to you. He wasn't forthright. He wasn't honest. He, he sold you something that he said, this is valuable and meet your needs, and you find out it, it doesn't, and you've been deceived. Um, and, that's a, and, and, when you, and when that happens, you can, you can be angry. You can feel unjust. Um, you feel maybe upset, stupid, stupid because you, you, know, you let this happen to you. Um, so that, that's one thing where we, we can have treasure here on earth and we can overvalue it and there's consequences for that. And then there's other times treasures where it's undervalued and you actually despise it you, because you don't, you don't care for it. You know, someone offers it to you and you, and you say, no, I'm not interested in that. Um, another example might be if I offer you two broken Teslas, right? They don't run. They're just, they're just two, two Teslas and, you know, if I offered you that, most of you would say, no, I don't, don't really want that. Um, but give it to another guy. He's going to take those two Teslas that are broken down, put them together, make a Frankenstein Tesla for $6,000. And he's got like, you know, factory new in a sense, a refurbished Tesla um, that he can drive around and stuff. And so he saw something and he, um, he did not undervalue it. But he looked at it and he said, oh, that, that's worth my time, that's worth my energy, I want that. Where I think most of us might just say, no, I don't, I don't care about that, I'm gonna turn, turn, turn my nose to it. Um, so what, what's, what's the matter with that? Well, sometimes you can be deceived, right? Or you, you didn't realize, you, you weren't told, or you didn't know, you were ignorant that you know, what he saw, you didn't. Other times, um, you just, your heart, like what you care for, what you prioritize, what you value, you, you don't value those things. Even if you knew you could do that, you know, that, that can happen too. So treasure is really important, like what you value and what you work after. That's, that's what I was wanting to show us is that um, it, all, it all starts with the heart. And um, if we look at verse Seven. It says, So that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes the refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Did you guys catch that? It says that your faith is more valuable than gold. Gold. What? If, if I offered you a nugget of gold right now, that's like 2G, two grand right there. Your faith's more valuable than $2,000. This is actually, you could say that's like all the gold in the world, right? That your faith's more valuable than that. Why does he say that your faith's more valuable than gold? See, I don't usually go around valuing my faith all that much. Um, I, don't, I don't think of it a, a ton. I, I just kind of take it for granted sometimes. Um, but he says that it's more valuable than gold. And then, you know, it begs the question, well, why? Well, because that this faith results in praise, glory, and honor, the revelation of Jesus. That, that's one of its outcomes. Skip down to verse um, 9. Because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Ah, okay, so, so my faith is directly connected to the salvation of my soul. Whoa, okay. Wait a second. So my soul's in jeopardy, apparently, right? There's, there's something going on here. 
where that faith, my soul, salvation. And, and this all goes back, back to the cross, goes back to Jesus. There's another thing in here that says that we should value, verse 18 and 19. For you know that you are redeemed from the empty way of life, inherited from the fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Precious. Did you hear that? The blood of Jesus. This is precious. Right, right before that, silver and gold, right? These are two precious metals. Precious metals that gave you a lot of wealth here on earth that, that help in this life. Jesus' blood is more precious than this. It's more valuable than this. Because without Jesus' blood, without it being applied to you, your soul is in jeopardy. Jesus, he redeems us from an empty way of life. This is why he came to the world. This is why Jesus came to the world and died for us, because we would live a life without God if it wasn't for him, if, if Jesus didn't come. We'd live a, a life that's empty. Um, all the things we work here on earth for, in the end, they, would, um, they wouldn't do us any good in, in eternity. You, know, you can't, when you die, you, you don't take anything with you to the next life. And so we must think, well, what are my treasures in this next life? How do, how do I prepare for the next life? And, and that all goes to Jesus because without him, it's an empty life. So, church, I want, I want you to, to behold the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus who, who came and died for you because he loves you, right? He does. He, he loves you. And I know you don't believe that because I, I, I struggle. I struggle to believe that. But if his blood is, is so precious, more so than gold and silver, why would he spill it if not for love? Why would he waste that? You know, why would he sacrifice himself if he, if he didn't love us? No, he does. You guys right here, you guys are, are precious. Your souls are precious. God's love for you is demonstrated in the cross that Jesus would die on the cross for you. Without him, you would go to hell. You've transgressed against God. You've sinned, and there's a payment for that. But that's why it says that you were redeemed, that, that, that you were ransomed by his blood, that it was, it was fitting to, to pay for all your sins. So, according to the scripture, we're to value Jesus. We're to value our faith in Jesus. Um, yeah, it, it says uh, that the faith, faith is in God. Verse, verse 21, through him you were believers in God. He raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. So that's what you're facing. This faith's in God, it's in Jesus. So, so value these things. And I mentioned earlier um, while we were praying that, that this, this life can be hard and we can be grieved. 
Um, we can be burdened. And, and, and God's aware of that. He says, he says in verse 7 again, um, or is it verse 7 or verse 6 right before it? You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you've had a struggle and various trials. Other, other words, instead of the struggle, it's been grieved by various trials. So remember that, that God, he is allowing these trials in your life. He's allowing you to be grieved. He's allowing you to experience in that because it's gonna be used to grow this faith. And, it's, and this faith's valuable. It's, it's very valuable. So we can rejoice because of we, we, this truth. We know that our salvation, our faith is valuable so that God, it's because he loves you that he allows you to walk through trials. He allows you to be grieved. And that's how we can rejoice. And, and it doesn't mean you're, when you're walking through trials, you just have a smile on your face and it's, it's plastered on there and you're just, you know, you're giddy all the time. No, like, you can be grieved. Um, but that's a, that's a short time. And, and, and God, he'll bring the, the new mercies to you and, and, and renew your soul. And as you, as you stay focused on him, Another thing I wanna, I wanna touch on is you're being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. So your faith equals the goal, of, the goal which is salvation. And then we have here it says salvation to be ready to be, ready to be revealed in the last time. So salvation has Two, two, two applications here, two meanings. Um, similar like to the word justification. When you believe in Jesus, you confess your sins, you repent, you, you believe in him and, and his, his sacrifice on the cross, um, right then you're justified and, you, and you're experienced on salvation and you're gonna have newness of life in Christ forevermore until, until you, you're with him in heaven or he, he comes back. Um, but it's not complete, right? We still struggle with sin. We're still in a sinful world, and, and, and the struggle is here. So we have this longing for more. We have this longing for perfection, to be, for all things to be created new, for the, for the kingdom to come. And so when it says that there's salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time, there's an end that's not yet here. And that means it's pointing to Christ and his return, that, that Jesus promised to return. When he ascended to heaven, he said, you know, wait, wait here on earth. You know, I'll give you my spirit, and don't worry, I'll come back. I'll come back like I did um, how I left through, through the clouds. And so when Jesus comes back, this is significant. I don't, I, I don't think about it much. Like, why do I care if Jesus comes back? But it, it matters because if he does not come back, Jesus is a liar. He promises to come back and defeat evil and death once and for all. And we can rejoice in that because we know that the brokenness, the sin in this world, it's temporary. That Jesus now reigns with authority on high and when he comes back, he's gonna put death aside. He's gonna put evil aside. He's gonna put Satan into the bondage forever. And so the salvation to be revealed in the last time, Jesus is coming back and, and we, can, we can hope in that, we can rejoice in that because it's the promise of things 
completion. It's, it's his covenant that, that is, is coming in completion. He's, he's going to finish this work. So, that, so we, we can hope in Jesus. We can, we can look forward to his return. We, we can rejoice even in the face of trials because we know that what we're valuing, our faith, is, um, is growing, it's maturing through this. That, that, that's why God will allow these trials in your life if, if he does, if they, if they come, when they come. But the, the other part of verse seven, the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the praise, glory, and honor, like I was saying, when Jesus comes back, it will be a glorious thing if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, your sins are upon you and you will face the wrath of God. And that's a frightening thing, this, this God who will judge. So know this too, that if you're, if you're not in Christ, because this is for the Christians, that it will not be praise and glory and honor for you. It will be torment. So while you have life today, if you, if you don't know him, if you aren't grieved by sin even, you know, seek the Lord while he still may be found so that you too can rejoice when he returns. I like verse eight as well, right after it says, you love him though you've not seen him. And though not seen him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. It's a beautiful thing that, that we, can, we can love Jesus even though we don't, we don't see him. Um, and so often we, we, want, we want God to move, we want to experience him. We, we want to see his, his, his presence in our lives, but sometimes you don't see it with your eyes. But we have a, a sure testimony that Jesus did come, he did die for you, and he's coming back. And if you have the faith to believe that, that God's given you this faith, because Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And in another verse, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so it's a beautiful thing that, that, that we, can, we can love him even though we don't see him yet. And, and it talks about his return because that's the promise when you do get to see him. And if, and if, you, if you die before he comes, that's okay because you'll be resurrected and you'll get to see him, you know, then, or your, your soul's in heaven. Um, there's lots of um, good theology around that, but even now while we're on earth, um, we, we, can, we can love him, and, and we do. So, I hope that through this we can, we can see that what we value here on earth, what we treasure, makes a difference. I encourage you guys to treasure Jesus, what he's done for you, to, to rejoice in that, to take hope in that, to take courage that even the hard things in life that he's using this for to grow your faith. But then this asks the next question, okay, you're telling me to take joy in this, you're telling me to hope, um, but now, now what do I do? How do I continue to live out this life? 
what else should I be valuing? And if we go just a little further um, and we read verses 13 and 16, it says, therefore, right? So everything we've, I've been, I've been I'm sharing with you guys and we've been building upon, it, it matters. We need, we need this firm foundation centered on Jesus. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be serious and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who's called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it's written, be holy as I am holy. So there's a lot there, church, right? If you're, if you're wondering how I should be spending my life, what I should be vowing, what I should be doing, set your minds ready for action. Be sober-minded. Be serious. Whatever it takes in your life to do this, to have a clear mind, to be focused on Christ, to be holy, you want to do that. You want to prioritize your life to aid you in these things. So if you're too busy to make time for Christ, if you're too busy to just behold Him and, and to love Him, to, to abide in Him, you got your priorities wrong. You're, you're valuing things on this earth that aren't having this internal significance. Right here, we're told what to treasure. We're told what to do. So the things that are in your life that are not helping you to be to be ready for action, to be obedient to Christ, to be holy, get rid of them or change them or, or leverage them in such a way where it now aids you in these things. Without Christ, you're not going to want to. There's no point in doing it. But if you're in Christ, this is what he calls us to do. He says, be holy because I'm holy. He doesn't just tell us to do things without reason most of the time. No, no, God is holy. He's, he's set apart. He's, he's without sin, and he calls us to be this way too. Jesus redeemed us from an empty way of life inherited by our forefathers so that we could live holy lives to be like Christ. We're freed from the bondage of sin and death, empowered by his spirit to walk in newness of life. So you, so you can do this. You're not alone. You have the spirit. You have the church. So be serious and, and seek to live your life conform to the word of God, conform to, to Christ. It's a, it's a beautiful promise that, that God's working to conform us to the image of his son. He's working to grow our faith so that we will obtain in the fullness our salvation. And I, and I have to go to one last verse. Verse 22 by obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for a sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. By obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for a sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. For a sincere love if you will listen to God and his, and his word for you to set your mind serious for action, to be holy like he is holy, 
Why, why do that? Because it will enable you to love the people around you right now sincerely in a holy, God-honoring way. He wants you to do that, and it's good to do that. It's good to love and serve with the power God gives you to do so, each one of us here. This is valuable. This is treasure. If you have people in your life who love you, and you too are empowered by God to love others well, these are good things. These are things worth spending your life for doing. These are good things to, to look at your life and prioritize your activities that can enable you to love one another well. So often, it, it all goes back to love. Love Jesus. Love each other. Two, two of the greatest commandments. But you must know His love for you. You, you must rest in that. He doesn't look at you and, he's, and he's, not, he's not angry. He's not upset with you because of your sin and, and the way you struggle. No, the fact that you struggle, church, is a sign of his presence in your life. It's a sign that you are indeed saved and found in Christ. He's with you in the struggle. He's with you shaping your heart and molding you. And if you can look at your life and you're, and you're grieved by your sin and you see you know, you're, you're getting a little bit better over time. You're, the trajectory is mostly upward, right? But you, go, you, you, know, you can oscillate, right? In our battle against sin, against the flesh and the desires. He, he does love you. He does. So just rest in that love. Go boldly before him. Run to Jesus. Stay there, start there, finish there. And and then do the therefore. Then walk in the holiness with your minds ready for action, loving each other. He's, he's the one that has to empower that and equip you to do that. So know, know his love. The precious blood of Jesus shed for you. If you were not valuable in the sight of God, if he did not love you, he would not have died for you. But he did. So, so rest in that. And, and, and know his love for you. We will pray now. <laughs> Father, I, um, I thank you for this opportunity you've given me to share with the church uh, what, you, you know, what, you, what you reveal in your word and... Um, and Lord, I, I trust that you will, will use this, this time to encourage hearts and to help them focus on what's valuable in this world according to your word, and that you would give them the strength and the courage and the wisdom to, to consider their life and what they're living for and how they can do it in such a way that's, that's pleasing to you, God, because we want to please you, Jesus. We do. We, we love you. And you, and you tell us exactly what we need to do, and, and I praise you for that, and I thank you for that. So may we be seated upon uh, your truth and, 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 and your love. And God, there could be people here right now that, that don't know you, Jesus. They don't, they don't know your love um, the, way, the way I do, that so many of us here do. And, 
God, I just ask that you would right now convict them of their sins and their, and their brokenness and their hurt and that they would cry out to you in their hearts, Jesus, that you would save them. And you promised, Lord, that if we confess our sins, that you're faithful and just to forgiveness of all unrighteousness. So, so Lord, right now, just, just save them, adopt them into the family, fill their heart with, with joy and peace like, like never before, and that they can live the rest of their life, not, not in futility, not, not an empty life, but a life full of love and holiness here on out, and that they can rejoice with glorious joy at your revelation, Jesus, and they get to see you face to face, and no longer do they have to live by faith alone and, and to love you without having seen you, but they can love you and they can see you, Jesus. Amen.